Hello and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at movies, television, comics, anime, and let you know if it's worth a second. And today we are talking about The Batman. And I am Jeremy McKinley, joined by Russell Andrade and Brian Powers. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome, gentlemen. So this uh this was a three-hour behemoth <laughs> of a movie, my goodness. And uh, it's been uh, it's been pushed back. It's supposed to come out like what, like two years ago, I believe. Something like that. And uh, yeah, we saw that first little teaser trailer of him beating the crap out of that one guy and saying I'm vengeance, and we were just like, "All right, cool. I'm looking forward to it." And then two years went by, and you're like, "Oh yeah, there is supposed to be a Batman movie. It's supposed to be coming out." And uh, finally came out, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, let's talk. Let, let's actually start off with uh, your guys's. Um, what's the last like taste? of batman you had in your mouth uh just as a reason i'll start with you russell uh it was definitely Zack snyder's justice league uh when he was actually able to finish that which uh i have such a great appreciation for um you know uh or Zack snyder i should say sorry about that um you know when he is set up the man of steel and then batman for superman and then the justice league which um, he had a personal tragedy. He lost one of his children. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't able to finish that movie. And a lot of people felt the difference of that movie. And, you know, it, the tone was so shifted from his own personal flavor, whether people like his style or his movies or not, you can definitely, you know, if you're a fan of someone's work, you can definitely feel a void when it's like, Oh, well, what I love about what this person presents is gone. So it was, um, you know, a couple of years later when he was able to do his uh, uh, finish up the the uh, Justice League. And so it was the Ben Affleck Batman. And uh, I recently rewatched that scene in Batman vs. Superman where he actually saves um, uh, Martha, Superman's mother. And mm -hmm. one of the probably hands down the absolute best live action Batman beatdown ever. It was oh, actually yeah. even better. It was hands down way above than uh, watching him fight Superman. Just him saving Martha was beyond amazing. And someone mentioned that recently, so I looked it up, and I was like, oh, man, I just want a whole movie just that. <laughs> yeah, so that we was almost, the last one I saw was Justice League. Yeah, we almost got that at first, because it was supposed to be a Ben Affleck-directed Batman movie. Yeah, and, and then, then he I just, he's got, you know, and Zack Snyder, Ben Affleck, and a lot of the DC stuff for a couple of years got so much hate. And I, I think that affected a lot of actors and directors and people involved. And it's funny nowadays, I feel like we've now hit a more balanced swing. When I go on Facebook or Twitter, I see a lot of things thrown at DC and Marvel very evenly among fans that I wish would have been there all along personally. Yeah, sometimes it takes a while for that pendulum to swing back. Yeah, a lot of people nowadays are really making like what used to be lacking was a couple of years ago. Not everyone made fun of Marvel movies about how family friendly they are and things like that. And how a lot of people say it sounds like it's the same voice, same director, like none of them have their personal flavors. I see that argument all the time now. And it kind of puts a smile on my face because it's been a criticism that I and Jeremy have shared, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you guys talking about? You've guys been saying that for years. I've heard it nonstop. <laughs> it, it, it must be this podcast spreading and people have like, wow, we see the light. They're, they're right. <laughs> we'll see. Brian here was able to like witness us 
predicting the future that everyone would it would take everyone else years to figure out. So. Oh, oh, is that what you call it? I I remember it just a little bit different, but. Mm. <laughs> All right, Brian. So what was your last uh, last taste of the bat? Well, it was actually so I'm going through, uh, you know, I go through the decades, all the different decades of the movies. And uh, I, I'm going through the 2000s right now. So uh, just a few weeks ago, I watched both uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So oh, some, good, some uh, good movies. Very good movies. Yeah. So uh the yeah i would say the the last two batman movies i liked although i did like dark knight rises um as you guys know i'm not a huge fan of the uh what was uh the Zack snyder batman movies um but um i did like ben affleck as batman i just didn't like the movies he was in but uh yeah i mean dark knight um batman begins you know Although a little bit different than this movie, um, not too far away in terms of the realism. Um, so th- I feel like those are uh, two good movies to uh, jump in to this one. Oh, yeah. The tone is definitely um, similar. In fact, uh, so fun fact in Batman Begins, when uh, like the way Nolan wanted to um to have uh, Gotham or the narrow specifically uh, visualized was he told the cinematographer to basically go for Blade Runner and then yeah. and then in this and then in Dark Knight he told the cinematographer to go for uh, the movie Heat by Michael Mann so you can kind of yeah. see those influences in terms of like the cinematography and this one is like uh. kind of Blade Runner again but like turned up to eleven. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll talk about the influences for sure. Oh yeah, the influences I, are all over the place. I've got a whole thing about it. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll have an entire, uh, an entire like you know, section on just all the things that it takes inspiration from. So yeah, for sure. But yeah, let me break this one down real quick, and then we'll hop into it. So we got the Batman directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Skarsgård, Andy Serkis, Colin Farrell. Uh, the beautiful cinematography, which we'll get into, is by Greg Frazier. Uh, normally, I don't bring up cinematography, but uh, I feel like we're going to be talking about uh, the beautiful pictures in this pick here. So uh, for sure, and the music was by Michael Giacchino. Budget was between one eighty-five to two hundred million, and is currently uh, on the rise at three thirty-six million right now. So uh, yeah, let's just—it's going to be a spoiler podcast. So let's just kind of hop into it. Uh, Brian, what's one thing you liked about the Batman? Uh, yeah, let's uh, let, let's just jump right into to the uh, the influences. I love the uh, like crime thriller uh, noir kind of motif that they had uh, with this movie. It uh, you know Matt, it really showed me that Matt Reeves. Uh, just loves film history you know a lot of people have been saying uh been talking about like the neo-noirs so you know like seven la confidential your zodiacs but yeah yeah a lot of people have been talking about zodiac but you know you know what movies i felt you know as a as a student of uh film history like a long goodbye the Mm -hmm. big sleep 
Um, all oh, yeah. all those like Raymond Chandler, Philip Marlowe uh, movies, even the like OGs. Chinatown. Yeah, the the OGs. I really got that feeling of that just dark, moody detective story um, with flawed heroes, flawed characters. Um, and I think it went a completely different route uh, than almost any anyone has with a, a comic book movie, save for a couple of examples, maybe like, you know, Road to Perdition or maybe another I'm forgetting. But um, I really love that vibe. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a great vibe. In fact, uh, I'm going to put this uh, here on tape here, but I think this is visually the best Gotham I've ever seen in a movie in terms of just looks and visuals. It feels right. It feels dirty. It feels otherworldly at times with uh, the bit of gothic flourishes they put on there, like not too much. It's not like Joe Schumacher, like levels of like flourishes, obviously, but there's definitely a, a lot of gothic influences in there and it also when i mean it feels like the best gotham is it doesn't feel like chicago or new york that's you know what, what I, mean? I was gonna say yeah the the like nolan it, movies for sure just feel like chicago <laughs> yeah and we've been in, and uh, i've been to chicago a few times you know great city but that, that looks like chicago <laughs> so uh russ uh, what you got for us so I really liked his interactions both with Selena Kyle and with Commissioner Gordon. Um, one thing I really come to appreciate about the Nolan movies is how much interaction and bouncing of ideas, um, you know, Bruce Wayne has with both Alfred and in the Nolan verse, uh, Lucius Fox, where he didn't come up with every single detail of what he was doing. He actually trusted their advice and everything. And so, um, you know, those movies presented that a lot, like Alfred solved some things. And in this movie, he does uh, similar, which I really liked. And this is probably the best connection I've ever seen him have with Gordon in a live action thing where he actually had like a, a, a solid partnership going on with him. And they were in a lot of scenes together. And I mean, I, I do wish Gordon kind of figured out some things on his own instead of just being the guy to ask Batman questions. But I did like uh, their partnering up and, and, and such. And then with the Selena Kyle, uh, I really liked how they worked together. And one thing that they've really presented Batman as in this iteration that I really enjoyed <laughs> as I list off like three things is that he, he was a lot. He was really quiet in this movie. He was a lot more introvert than we normally see him. And I also really enjoyed that. Or at least it came off a lot stronger in this movie. Oh, his introvert was over a thousand. Was over nine thousand, <laughs> and yeah, I sure. and I loved it. Like his ability, as some people have noted, to just give a look in a scene when when you see a child who had a lost parent, and he just gives that child a look, and there's just a sadness that just says, like, I understand what this child's going through and how traumatic this experience will be for the rest of their life. You know. Um, and they, 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 they did something I really appreciate, which is hang on to those scenes and those looks and those moments. It wasn't like a, a quick little glance or something. But anyway, uh, I'll narrow it down with just like I really liked his interaction with Gordon and with Selena Kyle. Um, working with those two together, uh, I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I, I love the dynamic there. I loved um, him having or him and her using. I, I love the, uh, 
the groundedness of the tech, I guess the most, you know, techiest thing he has is those, uh, those really cool contact lenses. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, uh, felt very reminiscent of, um, detective mode in the Arkham games. Yep. Where... Along with his shocking gloves that he used on some of the punks at the very beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But definitely just that whole thing of like, you look at something and it gives you all the information about them. That feels like a, a very video game like mode. Of where, where a character puts on a visor and gives you all the info and stuff, and knows. And you know, it, it was pretty neat because, like, uh, people like detect. What was really cool to see was detectives were figuring things out and they're explaining what they thought had happened. And Batman would just let him talk for like a minute or two, and then he would quietly interject. He would never get louder than them or anything, or just like you're wrong. He would just say it's so matter of fact. He's like, actually, the person was alive when they cut off the finger. Like he would just point out the scientific detail of why, and uh, he would just he would stand in places or do movements, and then the other detectives would like follow suit with what he was pointing out. You know, oh, I, he, oh, yeah, he, I love he was he was he was very subtle with how he did things, and I uh, I just absolutely loved it. it. He was really presented as an introvert, and I just thought, wow, that was very impressive, very well done. Oh yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious whenever he would like look at like a clue that the photographer would just follow him and see what it like. What are you looking at? And then they would be like, oh, you're looking at a blood spatter picture taken. You know what I mean? Like they'd look like what they'd yeah. She'd follow him like she would look at him for cues, right? Of what did the pictures? And I was like, isn't this your job? But anyway, yeah, there was there was a lot of like eye acting going on in this movie. Like, mm. I, and I love I love what Russell said. It was like. Uh, Matt Reeves was like, "All right, let, let's let's take like a three count. One, you know, two, three. When you have those moments, and you just let the camera roll." And um, uh, Robert Pattinson was was doing a lot just with his his face and his eyes. Um, the the you know they changed his uh, his get up and the cowl a little bit where he can be a little more expressive. Um, and yeah, I really dug that too. Yeah, this is probably, and I will also put this on record that he's probably the best guy behind the cowl in terms of just being behind the cowl for like ninety percent of the movie. <laughs> oh, hundred yeah. percent agree with that. He, yeah, it just felt like the pre- if you ever just wondered like the the presence of Batman and how uncomfortable that character could make you feel, he a hundred percent nailed it. And if you're like a detective and you know, if you want someone to make you feel inadequate, he presented that so well. It it was awesome. Oh yeah, just and uh, I also love the moments where because this is like year two of him being Batman, a group of ten criminals like, oh yeah, we could take this guy down easily. He's not much bigger than any of us, and you know, got a they you know a couple of them get a couple good hits in, and they they definitely thought like, oh yeah, we. Ninety nine point nine percent chance we're gonna beat this guy in a freaking Halloween costume, and then you know they were proved otherwise. But when it came to those moments where he was in the detective's room, all of the cops around him felt off kiltered and uneased and annoyed and bothered. And you know you could see it on their faces too that they were annoyed when he caught something they didn't. So it was a lot of like Brian said, quiet acting that was beautifully done. Oh, right, and you can really only have those. You can really only build that kind of atmosphere by taking your time and which you know which i think for the most part warrants the three hours i feel like it could be maybe like 15 minutes shorter yeah that's what i think too but i still but you know but for me you know 
I you know I watch a I watch a slow burn as long as it's got so, you know something good to show me and this one was um uh, you know a slow burn with uh, with bursts of adrenaline for the action so you, you know what's funny is uh, we talk about oh we don't want these three hour movies and stuff I mean Endgame and like there's so many movies that have hit like that three hour mold now especially if it's the accumulation of like five or six movies that are crossing over with each other. I mean, like everything, it's like everything's become the Lord of the Rings in a sense that there is so much story details. And so um, I remember thinking, oh, man, this is going to be three hours. And then when I went in there, for the most part, I didn't really feel it. Um, And I say that probably it's similar to Endgame, where you watch a three hour movie that has a lot of stuff in it once. You're like, oh, this is not so bad. I think it's if you go back the second and third time, they're like, oh, okay, now I feel the weight. Now I feel like they can trim that 20, 30 minutes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah, it, the weight never really, I really bothered me um, a little bit at the end, but again, I was just in it. You know what I mean? I'm just absorbing all the visual eye candy I can possibly get. And again, I don't, I don't think there is such things as too long of movie. I just think there are things where people just don't realize how, how much time they need for their story. And, you know, like the best movies, you don't care if they're three hours long, because it's a good movie, but the ones that are like, if it's too long, then you put too little story into too much time and vice versa. Right. Yeah, I I agree with you, Jeremy. Um, you know, I've recently went through like the '60s. You know, your Ben Hur's, your Lawrence of Arabia's, your Sound of Music. Those movies earn their runtime, and of course, I'm talking about some of the classic movies of all time. But like, it, those movies are three and four hours, and they all earn their runtime. If you earn it, if you if you leave the the audience feeling satisfied, it doesn't matter how long the movie. No, not at all. As long as as long as as long as the dish you put in front of me is delicious, I will take three hours to eat it. So, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, let's, uh, let's let's see what what else what else should we talk about in this one? Uh, let's talk about the music real quick. I, I was I was actually listening to it for like the past yes. like half hour before by uh, Mr. Michael uh, Giacchino. Your guy's been doing pretty much everything. But um, yeah, I actually really I really dug it. Uh, it felt a little playful at times, like it had a little Danny Elfman playfulness in it. Um, and that you know, in that noir sense, uh, the theme, uh, and I picked it up when I was uh, watching it, but then uh, my wife brought it up that the theme c- kind of has little uh, remnants of the Imperial March from Star Wars, which I, I kept yeah. kind of hearing. I kept hearing because it was always like this dun, 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 dun. it's just kind of like this droning those you know those few notes over and over again and I um it really does like it really does complement the visuals so well because it's 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 it's, it's got to be somewhere between like a classic noir score and a Batman score and uh, I feel like for the most part he hit it I, again like nothing really stood out for me but I feel like in terms of like this is like the creme de la creme of of scores, but it I think it I think it did its job uh, quite well. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I'm not one who notices score a whole lot. Um, usually when it's really good or really bad, um, but 
I, I noticed it here. I was like, ooh, I, I like this. It just added to the overall feel of it and uh, in a very good way. And um, and then also how it worked with the sound design at the same time. Um, I just I just thought it was it was done, you know, just really well, almost, you know, almost flawless. Oh, yeah. Russ? So for me, I did enjoy the music, but the movie, you know, we talk about how introvert and quiet the Batman character was. Um, this movie always had a music drop and tone throughout the whole movie, uh, throughout most of it, I should say. And I actually would have preferred some scenes to be quieter, to have more okay. of an absence of that music. Mm. Um, I mean, for a big chunk of the movie for more well over half of it, you hear, even if it's small, um, you hear some soft uh, plays of the music. And I, I remember watching scenes waiting for the music to go away. And it just, for the most part, never did. So mm -hmm. I did enjoy it, but I felt like it was always there. Similar to how, when you would play like a video game, yeah, there's always that. There's always that kind of background music kind of cycling yeah, through, right? And, yeah, and um, I would have loved this movie to play with the quietness because that 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 thing with Batman, you know, putting people at ease with his quietness himself. I would have loved to actually watch a couple of those scenes that are two, three minutes long with just no music, and you maybe you'll hear some light rain or something. Like, it, I wanted to feel that tension better with a lack of music because that could have also upset you know could have been upsetting you know yeah i do agree that there was a the music accented a bunch of scenes that i don't think needed needed the music to accent them like the scenes were great within themselves but it kind of had like you know there were scenes that had that -da, like like kind of moment where this was like the finale like like the scenes finale and the and the music had to like be like and what do you think now right like like ta-da type thing and yeah, it, it's kind of like if you are um, talking to your spouse or you're one of your friends, like they just pop in, show up and you guys end up having a conversation and then you have the TV on in the background. Mm -hmm. Like what's important is what you're saying to each other. But there have been plenty of times where if I have a, a video game or music or the TV on, I have to pause it or turn it off so I can be more engulfed in the conversation because otherwise it'll be distracting. Yeah. You know, sometimes if I'm watching sitcoms, like, you know, one of my favorites to just kind of rewatch is Malcolm in the middle. And there's so much funny dialogue and scenes that could be so distracting. It's like, all right, I really got to turn this off to put my full focus to this person I'm engaging in. And this, you know, like I said, was interesting about this movie. Not that I'd say it was drastically over, you know, too frustrating or annoying, but I did notice the music was always there and I was waiting for more silence and didn't get as much of it as I genuinely expected or would have wanted given how they, they did the Batman in this one. Yeah. You know, as a guy who, who doesn't like silence in his life, um, clearly um, I, I didn't come up against that, but I definitely see where you're, where you're coming from. I'm interested to watch this one again uh, and really pay attention to that to to see if it, if it really makes a difference for me because I didn't I didn't really catch that but uh, yeah I'm gonna pay attention on the rewatch for sure. Oh yeah, this is definitely one of those ones that begged that begged for me to be like oh I want to see this a couple times maybe even in theaters oh, again. For sure. 
because uh, it's got it's got great sound and whatnot. So let's uh let, you know from sound on the top over to the uh to the action or the sparse bits of it that are. Uh, what do you guys think of the action in this one? I know that um in the Nolan movies, uh he excelled in set pieces, but his hand to hand fights were not that great. <laughs> so what you guys think, Russ? Uh, it, it's better than really bad choppy quick cutting. Um, there wasn't too many standout fight scenes like, oh wow, that was really incredible, really amazing. It, um, it, I would say it's better than most. It's better than average. But you know, when I'm thinking of what I've seen, you know, in Daredevil season one and in season three, and unfortunately when people brought up like, hey, go watch the Batman vs Superman stuff again, and you watch that scene with uh, Batman and saving Martha. I was just like, man, I, I want to see some really cool action scenes that really stand out. And I didn't get that. What stood out in this movie was the, the detectiveness, the quietness and him being a detective, him not throwing the punches and stuff. Otherwise, um, this movie was better instead of just being super choppy, but nothing really stood out to me. It's like, wow, that was beyond impressive or anything. Um, Although one thing I will say outside the action I liked was actually seeing him on the motorcycle. Uh, oh, yeah. seeing some of some of those scenes appealed to me more because I was like, you know what? You don't really see this such tight motorcycling in movies nowadays versus what this movie gave us. Oh, yeah. So the action wise, for me, nothing special. Um, maybe a cut above some of the Nolan stuff. You know, instead of just block, 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 hit you with my fist or my elbow kind of thing. Um, it was better than that, but by not by much, in my opinion. Yeah, it's weird. So in the Nolan films, apparently they had Batman use this thing called the KC fighting system, which I don't know if you guys saw Jack Reacher, but that's also the fighting style that uh, they had Tom Cruise use in that movie. And apparently, like in the past, you know, like a little while, it's become kind of like um, a bit of a laughing stock of like martial of like martial art self defense systems because apparently it's just it's actually just not as effective as it's supposed to be. If you ever watch the Nolan films, he always has like his hands, his, his elbows up, like he's covering his ears when he fights. Yep. <laughs> and uh, again, again, it, you know, I, I guess they were trying to go for something different, but in the, I'm like, this, this, this is the guy that mastered 128 styles of martial arts. I, I, I want to see the martial arts <laughs> and this, and, and this movie is definitely like a, like a, like a, you know, a hundred percent better, but I feel like the way they shot it, they weren't, they, the intent wasn't for the action to be showcased, I guess, if you get what I'm saying. Like I, like the shots were definitely like a lot better. One thing I got to add in too, we also live in the world of three amazing John Wick movies. And so Mm -hmm. we have seen so many cool stuff. And when you watch those movies, Keanu Reeves is like Batman. He is pulling off multiple different versions of martial arts and taking, you know, obviously using weapons and guns and stuff, but he is using his surroundings, the buildings, weapons, pencils. He is using everything around him, doing some really cool stuff that are burned in your memory. It's like, oh man, I can't believe I remember when he did this. And I remember when he did this. And I remember when he did that. And the Batman movies don't have it. Like you said, for a man who's ma- uh, mastered over 125 martial arts systems, I want to see some really cool things. I want to see him find really interesting ways to take down, you know, 
stuff with some gadgets, disarming some guns and stuff. Like it would have been it's interesting to see a guy pull a gun on him, him hit him in the throat, and then disarm his gun really quickly and do that like two to three times just to see how incredibly fast he could be at it or something, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. This and so, happened. like I said, when you got Daredevil season one and three and John Wick and and stuff, it's just when one of the things about Batman is that impressive level of skill, and then you just don't see it. It is kind of a letdown. Yeah, there's, there's, I, 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 you know, again, I feel like there's definitely more skill on display than in the Nolan films, uh, for sure. Uh, the fights didn't have a lot of beats to them, I guess, if you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, a beat where like, oh, he grabbed that, or a beat where he grabbed that. You know, when you watch any given Jackie Chan. Uh, fight scene like you know there are beats where you're like oh that scene where he uses you know whatever household item is within his arm's reach to like beat someone's ass or and or or in, or, or in you know russell's case the bbs fight like you know the scene where he like takes out all their guns before he lands or the scene where he you know is fighting four guys at once or the scene where he uses the grappling hook to pull some guy together the scene where he like literally choke slams a guy like there are so many just single <laughs> moments that you're like that was cool that was cool and that was cool and this one was definitely better than the Nolan films in terms of uh, having some more complex choreography. But again, um, I don't think that's what the film's intent was. And I, I, I'm very much a, uh, I kind of grade the, I kind of grade the movies on intent. So like if, a you know, for example, like, like the, like there's that first fight in Batman Begins, um, you know, when he takes out the guys at that, uh, at the dock or whatever. And it's so choppy, but I think it's supposed to be choppy because it's like, oh, this is what it's like to actually fight Batman. You can't see what's going on. And I will give that scene a pass for that purpose. But then when every other fight scene has that too, and it's and you're supposed to know what's going on, then it's like, all right, that's where I'm going to have to mark you down. And I feel like for this, again, those beats weren't there because the fight, because the fight wasn't supposed to actually be the showcase like i like like even that that great shot where he's walking down the hallway in this movie where the gun where you just see like him being lit up by gunfire which is i think a very gorgeous shot but i think like the the fight scenes are more art pieces are more pieces of art than they are the thing that the movie is about or, or they want you to fully pay attention to like they don't want you to be fully adrenalized by it they want you to be in the emotion of the story around it more than anything else so but uh that's just my thoughts and and yeah, it's I, also I, interesting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I was just saying. I I agree with with Jeremy. I you know I I like some of the uh, the choreography, and I like that they let it breathe a little bit. But yeah, I don't think it's it, Matt Reeves never sought out to uh, make action scenes to blow your mind or anything. I think it was really a, uh, about the story, and and it's and the action scenes service the story just fine. weren't amazing; they were good, but uh, the, like he said, I think the intent was was the story around it. And including that, I will give the cre- the movie credit with some really good scenes on motorcycles and uh, a relatively very interesting scene, uh, car chase scene with him and the penguin. And so, again, that that was some good film work with vehicles that we don't always see. And, you know, I've seen some of the the Bond movies do some car chase scenes that felt very weak and generic. And these ones were very serviceable. So uh, what he was lacking in the hand to hand stuff, which, again, the directors fully said is not what he was going for. So he's really on point with that. He said he 100 percent this is a detective movie. This isn't about Batman doing a bunch of crazy acrobatics and stuff. And he was very he he was very honest 
uh, as a director, everything he said the movie is, it is a hundred percent what he told us it was going to be. So I give a lot of credit to a director who wasn't dodging or lying or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, this movie did surprise with some really good uh, motorcycle work and car chase scenes. I guess while we're on that subject, let's talk about that car chase. I thought it was pretty. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty cool looking car chase. It felt very much like it was taking inspirations from like Bullet and like, yes. like you know, yeah, yes. like, those, like those Steve McQueen, like the muscle car. Like it was like like it felt it felt like a very seventies style car chase. Yeah, but just with like, just with, but just with like modern aesthetics, and they would use that uh that mounted camera on the side of the car shot a lot to really kind of uh, keep you in it. And they you know stuck on Pattinson's eyes a lot, you know, like for the scene. Like again, as we reiterated earlier with the fights, that you know that it's there to accent. But this definitely was felt like the, the like one of the few scenes that was definitely a showcase of the action, and uh you know again was shot uh super well. Uh, that being said, I'm sure some people died in that chase for sure shit was exploding i'm like oh right. yeah no oh, yeah. someone's not someone's not walking away from that <laughs> like that's and, and what what exactly did they get from that whole interaction that's a whole nother thing but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I i thought that was really weird it's like wait you've caused the death of like eight people and At we're least. just gonna our punishment to you is to just let you be tied and i mean no punishment to either batman or penguin in that i'm like really you guys for yeah. sure killed at least eight people is my uh, conservative guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I, I did like it though. There there were some cool shots in there. But uh, yeah, your your comparison to Bullet for sure. I I, I see that um, in there. I I love the car chases in that movie. I I did dig that thing. That was pretty cool. Well, with that, let's hop over to the acting. I know we kind of talked about we like character interactions, but I kind of want to like dig deep into the acting and to critique that a little bit. Let's start with our, our boy, our Pats, Robert Pattinson. I thought he was, uh, again, I said phenomenal. I, um, I love that this is like the first Bruce Wayne that feels obsessed because yes. Batman is supposed to be crazy. And yet the way that every other Batman's played him. I, I think a little bit of Keaton felt a little crazy, but I just never felt the crazy in the eyes. And Pattinson looks like he's fucking crazy. And I just really dug just the, like just the intense stares. You know what I mean? He's just like, he's just he always intense staring. He's just driven by Like you can just tell there's always this pent up angst under it. And in, in though he is quiet, he's just either like quiet or dynamite and nothing in between. Well, yeah. And like, this is also like the most Batman we've gotten in a movie, um, especially live action. You know, he, he's Batman for a lot of the film. And, I appreciated that the way he portrayed them and the way he, he was obviously directed was he, he's not a character who has it all figured out. You know, he, he's still trying to figure out who Bruce Wayne is um, without the math, uh, without the mask. And you really see that with everything Robert Pattinson is giving you. You you feel that obsession. You feel that angst. You feel that trauma behind him. And he doesn't do it with, you know, saying words. It's all in a look. And I love that. Um, you know, a lot of people say that he wasn't given enough or, you know, there wasn't enough Bruce Wayne. 
I like that. We've gotten a lot of Bruce Wayne um, in in other movies, and I like the different take that uh, Pattinson uh, had here. Yeah, he felt super immature, which I loved because I don't think yeah. Christian. I don't. I don't think that like outside of that flashback where where uh, Christian Bale's Batman or Bruce Wayne has to go talk to Falcone, he never really felt that immature or that unstable. You know, for, like from his anger. And Absolutely. this one, and this one just felt like, 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 like there are points, where, like there's that great point where he uh, injects himself with a green like serum. I'm not going to call it venom, but the scene where he injects, uh, he, he, injects he injects himself with it and is beating this guy, beating a guy so bad they have to pull pull him off. <laughs> and I like that. I like. I like that uh, they didn't go for the, you know, the billionaire, you know, playboy by day because I I don't think he would have that persona developed by the second year. You know what I mean? Like, again, I love the whole Alfred being like, you know, I got the board members coming over for breakfast. And he's like, why? And he's like, because I can't because you won't go to them. And I need and we need to, you know, you have a business to you know, run. He's like, I don't care about this. this is, like, this is how I'm helping. And it's like, you, you've got other responsibilities. And it's, it, you know, again, like a kid or like someone in their early 20s, like you're hyper. Like if you are have that one passion, that one thing, you're hyper focused on that and not the big picture. And that's uh, both a uh, both a compliment and a criticism of his character which i uh, i really appreciated yeah i agree it was um the way they did that with him um i thought was fantastic and um like you said there was a couple of times where he took like three too many hits on a guy and i appreciated or maybe more um and and i appreciated <laughs> that because it shows you that he he still had you know he has that anger in him that he's still trying to control and he hasn't quite figured out of course batman never truly figures it out but um he's still letting that kind of guide him more than he should and i like that they they showed you that on a couple of beats in the movie oh yeah for sure uh let's hop on down what uh what are our thoughts on miss kravitz's catwoman russell i i thought she did really well she is the exact kind of catwoman i would hope and want to be um Oh, want to see, I should say. Uh, I, I thought uh, Anne Hathaway also did that really well for the most part. Um, one of my favorite scenes is Anne Hathaway was when she played like the damsel in distress, just be able to turn it off on a, uh, like turn it on the dime. Oh yeah, that was and great. just kind of like that. this being Batman Year One. This also felt like Catwoman Year One, where mm-hmm. she obviously had some skills and knew exactly what she was doing, but she was also making mistakes and everything else. Um, she also was like a very good fighter, went toe to toe with Batman in a couple of scenes. And so when there's a criticism of the fight scenes, uh, even though there are brief moments with her, her first interaction with Batman and she just starts kicking the crap out of him and he's deflecting and blocking. I was like, Oh, I mean, obviously very, you know, with high choreography, that was a neat little like 20, 30 seconds of that moment. And then when he like puts his hand over his mouth to keep quiet because the guards coming in, that was uh, really cool. Um, but seeing him and her felt like they really fit together, in my opinion. I, I like their interactions. She had her own level of confidence, but she also went in with like very dangerous people. And she was like, uh, what am I supposed to do in this situation? He's like, oh, uh, don't worry. I'm watching you. <laughs> you know, like just like super vague and not comforting. 
So yeah, and then I like thought her performance feet. was really strong and really uh, well done. And uh, yeah, so uh, just her burglary, uh, her being so athletic and her agility and stuff. I just thought she absolutely nailed it. And she looked like someone that absolutely could do all those things. And it was just, she, I, I thought she was probably, she's probably what I would say so far, in my opinion, even though Michelle Pfeiffer and Anne Halfway have some really great things that they brought as well. I think she is probably the best ver- live action I've seen with capturing all of it, I would say. Mm. Well, I, I think she's great. I, 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 the thing is, I think everything she offered was something I also got from Anne Hathaway plus more. So right. I guess, so, I mean, I, I mean, for me, I, she felt, I mean, I, but again, you're saying it's Catwoman year one, so we could get more of more of her in the future. So again, I get that it's, she's like, she's not as competent as the Anne Hathaway one because Anne Hathaway one was, you know, had, had been doing it for a while. And so, right. I, and, and, and also this is right after the murder of her, her friend. So mm-hmm. I mean, she's just, I mean, the fact that she's willing to, uh, perform it all when like you lose your best friend and everything that is awful you know oh yeah and, and then or and, girlfriend or girl oh yeah oh, yeah God. or girlfriend yeah. that's right <laughs> she, she calls her baby oh the baby yeah. hey baby but you know just just a just enough to placate some people and just enough yeah. to slip right through the chinese uh, censors right. <laughs> that's right yeah. watch them censor that one word out too <laughs> right they're like hey but- <laughs> it's like oh nothing gets by those ears <laughs> right but no i i agree with with jeremy um may, maybe it's because i just watched uh zoe kravitz in a steven soderbergh uh movie that came out on hbo max uh called oh, kimmy. Oh, kimmy yeah i really enjoyed that movie i i feel like I, I really loved that performance in that movie more than I did this one. Um, uh, I don't know. I Maybe it was my expectations. I thought she'd put just a little more style, a little more something in there. And, and it could be the whole year one thing. And, and I'm willing to give her that. And, and I think she did good. Um, but uh that's another thing I'm I'm interested to see how I what I think of on a rewatch um, to maybe think was it expectations was it the fact that I saw this movie was it stuff I'm bringing to the movie or you know and just let me judge it based off of the performance. Well, you know, and it's a very interesting balancing act to play when you're playing, you know, a character as iconic as Catwoman and Batman and Penguin and all these characters where they are very skilled at what they do. And yet we're now trying to portray them as, Oh, this is when they're going to make the most mistakes year one, year two, and to reflect some of their confidence. And then some of those bad moments too, where they say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. And it is an interesting thing because then you look at it like, oh, was that performatively just bad or is that more reflective of this is year one? And that's where I think the movie is really good at demonstrating that Um, because just about every character I felt um, had moments of strength and moments of weakness. Uh, Even the Riddler character, very wonderfully performed, very Zodiac like 
um, there was moments where he was so giddy within his own riddles where like, you know, some characters like, all right, I'm going to give you two minutes. And then he was talking over the scene the whole time. I'm going to give you two minutes. And he was too giddy and excited. And in my mind, I was like, dude, the guy's head's going to blow up just because like you wouldn't shut up. (laughs) I was like, like, I can't think shut up. He's like, no, 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 no. But like, like I like the fact that he was nerding out so much. He's like, Oh my goodness, this is a big moment. I'm actually talking to the Batman and this is the scene. And then, you know, he just starts monologuing just like they do in The Incredibles. And uh, when Syndrome just kind of goes off and it's like, oh, my goodness, you cut, you got me monologuing, you know. So um, I like that this movie felt really real, that uh, just like all of us, we're going to have strong moments and weak moments throughout our daily lives. And I felt like this movie demonstrated that really well with uh, all characters involved. Uh, oh, except yeah. for maybe Penguin, he he was pretty consistently confident, and I really like that. Oh, Colin Farrell, let's just hop on. Let's just do, do a little. Let's just hop over onto best that best performance Fer- in the movie. That I Colin Farrell oh, dick. Man. Let's wow. that, that, how, let's just hop over to that Colin Farrell dick for just a hot second and talk about <laughs> my gosh. I mean, I've I've Colin Farrell has been the shit for like forever right now for me, and all the art films he's been doing, uh, specifically like Killing of a Sacred Deer and stuff. I love that movie. Yep, but. My gosh, I mean, everyone says he disappears. He disappears. I mean, like, he's, like, giving me, like, some Tony Soprano vibes. And I, I tried to recognize him so hard in the movie. Just could not, for the life of me, could hey, not. Disappeared behind that makeup just like Heath Ledger. But goodness gracious, this, you know, he was, he was fantastic. He was hilarious in the scenes he was in. He's only in, like, 15 minutes of the film yeah, total. Yeah, a three-hour movie, and he stole every scene he was in. Every scene, and it just, it, it felt good. I was like, And then Damn. he's gonna get his HBO uh, spinoff, and um, th- uh, this is, a, speaking of things that I've talked about for years, Brian, uh, this is another thing I've always thought that Marvel and DC movies should do, is uh, bring out some really interesting movies, and then do a, a little spinoff miniseries. And now we are, here we are like five, six years later, that's exactly what they're doing with the Vision, with uh, the Suicide Squad, like the Peacemaker stuff, everything. It's like, you got these really fun, enjoyable movies, and then some of the best performing characters now have like very interesting spinoff series. Oh yeah, they're doing the Penguin show, they're doing the uh, Gotham PD show, so that should be Yep, the Gotham PD, focusing on the police. Uh, They actually... They actually canceled that uh, Gotham PD. They're not doing it. Ah, damn it. Yeah, but they're... I would have loved loved to see that. That's a great comic. I've heard heard some talk about maybe a Catwoman one, but I think the only one right now that's, like, confirmed is the Penguin. Yeah, okay. And, you know, what's interesting is, even if you just have one, even if you just have the Penguin... You could have one or two really good uh, Gotham PD episodes in there, just as much as you can have an episode mostly about the Catwoman, you know? Um, So they can sneak it in there, too. Uh, Like, one thing that DC does a lot in their animated movies, it could be a movie not related to Batman at all, but they will still throw his name in or throw him on the cover so people are invested enough to watch a really good movie that's all about a character, like The Question or something, you know? Just mm-hmm. because it has Batman, like oh look, it's Batman, and then you end up watching an entirely different movie. Yeah, that, that was what they did with the Sultan Arkham, and that was the best Suicide Squad movie ever. So, no, oh, absolutely, yeah. that one and Hell to Pay, love both of them. Oh yeah. man, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, are, were there any other performances we want to talk about before we move on? Uh, Riddler, Riddler. Let's talk Paul Dano. What you got? Paul Russ? Dano, just 
killed it, crushed it, absolutely. Um, uh, the movie, you know, with his performance of attacking people, like I, I almost forgot that this movie was PG thirteen instead of R, because he would just sneak up on people and just hit them with blunt objects, and it was very unsettling. And then you just hear that duct tape and everything, and it was creepy and everything zodiac wise and obviously his character was very smart and everything but yeah he just gave like very beautiful very well done creepy serial killer zodiac-esque kind of thing performance and yeah oh yeah um i I thought the look of his character with his mask and everything was a little bit over the top a little bit much but when it comes to just when it comes to like creepy killer, so like I believed him as a character that w- that really was inspired by this world's Batman. Oh yeah, I mean he, he felt inspired by by that Batman's character, but yeah, visually I was just thinking Hush the entire time. So yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like oh, he looks and feels a lot more like Hush in his presentation, but. They also, I mean, obviously a lot of people with Riddler nowadays kind of mix a little bit of Jigsaw in there and everything. And um, just his obsession with uh, the, um, the uh, you know, his obsession with the riddles and making it where he grew up as an orphan and everything. I thought they gave really good little, like, quick backstory of why he would be obsessed with riddles as just an escapism. And I was like, dude, I 100% buy it. You sold me on why Riddler likes riddles within 10 seconds. And... I thought that was very well done. Indeed. So I I gotta push back a little bit. Um Ooh, some conflict. I I I think I, I think the more you see Paul Dano as the Riddler, you know, in, in the first half of the movie, you're like you just get little peppers of him here and that here and there, and I think that worked perfect. I think as you saw more of him. Um, I think he just kept giving, uh, he, he kept acting more and more. And I think he, uh, was way over the top by the end. Like it, it was just, he was almost in another movie by the end. He was good overall still. I liked him, but he, he just went a couple of notches too far for me. Yeah, um, weird like minute scream was really awkward. Yeah, there, yeah like, there's moments like, like that. I'm like, eh. Like him, yeah, him they, being upset that him and Batman weren't on the same side the whole time was a great right. reveal for his character to freak out. And I liked seeing him have a freak out. But it, 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 like he suddenly became autistic or something. It's like that yeah. feels like it would have been very different than what he's given us so far. Yeah, but I definitely got autistic vibes from him. Um, and I, and just to, I guess while we're in that scene, I did love. I did also want to mention that cool moment where you think he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. Right. That the long pause and everything. Yeah, yeah. and Batman right. looks up at that camera like shit. <laughs> And then he real and then he realizes that he's like, oh yeah, I like he's like, I well, I got two of them, two out of three. I I, I almost only one I didn't get was Bruce Wayne, and he's just like, oh, ooh, <laughs> dodge that bullet. Anyway, so, but, uh, so you're thinking about Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, well, and then talk about scenes that lasted and held on to a scene in a moment like that. That like him saying Bruce Wayne, that was a long 20, 30 seconds of that like yeah, hanging in the air too. Uh, Brian, you want to talk influences. Were there any other influences you want to bring up? Um, I think 
I think I uh, mentioned most of them. Uh, like I said, the uh, I, I really got the Raymond Chandler of it, like Murder My Sweet. Um, I, I mentioned Long Goodbye. That Long Goodbye is really the one I really felt because it was like moody and um, and dark, and it has like the the different strings and a couple of twists along the way that's the you know like i said a lot of people were feeling um the more neo noirs but like the long goodbye um is a movie with uh elliot gold in the 70s i believe um those i got a lot of those vibes uh in in this movie Going into going from cinematic to nerdy territory, I just wanted to bring up the influences. Obviously, Batman Year One by Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli. Right. Um, also, uh, there's a they did kind of a an ultimate version of DC with these or with um called like Earth One, I believe. And they did that one for Superman. They did that for Batman. That one for um, Wonder Woman. And they did. And uh, they, this one definitely took Earth uh, Earth One vibes for Batman because they actually took a piece from that where they because uh, in that version they they uh, they made uh, Martha Martha Wayne and Arkham, which is what they uh, added in here. Because I, I gotta say, like it's it's one of the things that sucks the most for poor poor Martha Wayne is how little like she matters <laughs> like you know batman begins she barely ever talks and you know it's always thomas it's always thomas wayne like and like oh my oh and martha's here you know so i like that they had i like that martha had more to do than just be the woman at thomas wayne's side in terms of you know just her you know like just her background and that whole thing of like her being mentally unstable and the idea that you know her 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 her, uh, in, her instability uh mentally anyway you know, you could, and, and, and for that was passed down to Bruce, which is why, you know, he took, you know, the death of his parents the way he did, as opposed to just like, cause you know, like there are plenty of people that have like lost both their parents that aren't crazy. Like they've, you know, they figured out how to get through it and move on. But like, you know, but Bruce is, Bruce is always that the guy that the joke is always, my parents are dead. And like, you know, he, he, you know, he's the guy that will never, ever, ever, ever get over it. So but yeah, uh, that one for sure. A, a story called Batman Ego. I, I believe they also pull uh, pull references from uh, for sure in that. But uh, yeah, in terms of influences, this one this was definitely just drenched, just drenched in influences, and and I believe all the right ones. Uh, Russ, you got anything else? No, you, you've really kind of nailed it. Um, one thing I'll say that's very interesting about this movie because it has so many different influences and everything is. It's funny to say, in a lot of ways, this also felt like it wasn't a Batman movie. It feels like you could have taken the Batman character and Selina Kyle out of this movie and just put in some action hero character going through a noir film, and this movie would have played out kind of similarly the same, with just chasing down an obsessed killer. Um, Whereas I would recommend everyone go see Batman Begins The Dark Knight, this is a Batman movie where I would have to be very selective on what I say about it to people. You know, there's definitely people and friends and family I have where I'm like, okay, this is not the right Batman movie for you. Whereas I feel like almost anybody can watch the dark Knight or something. And so this movie with how raw it can be at times and how certain things are and the length and how everything was taken. 
uh, you know, if you thought the the Nolan movie was taking things serious, this movie really raises it up a notch in some ways. And so, again, there are some moments where I thought, oh, man, am I watching a PG-13 movie or watching an R movie just on performances that were very well done performances? And so it's interesting to say that this is a movie that it's like, oh, yeah, this is a Batman movie. And it didn't at times it really didn't feel like a comic movie. And so it's funny that I sit here and think like this is a a movie I really enjoyed. Um but it feels it both feels like a Batman movie and doesn't feel like a Batman movie. So it's funny that I know there's a good chunk of people I would suggest to see it. And then there's another good chunk of people I would say, don't see it because it would be too much or not to their liking. That's a good point because my, uh, uh, for example, in my friend uh, circle, um, uh, family circle, this is a divisive movie. Uh, because my brother and my sister-in-law went and saw this movie the night before I did, and they absolutely hated the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my my sister-in-law said, "Bring a pillow and a blanket because you're gonna fall asleep in this movie." You know, um, uh, Robert Pattinson wasn't good. There's hard, There wasn't any action. You're just. I fell asleep four times. The whole thing. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm always the type of person who's like, well, I'm going to watch the movie. That's not going <laughs> to, that's not, that's not going to deter me because I've got to see it for myself. And then I was like, oh, I actually really like it. <laughs> so yeah, for some people, this just isn't their jam, but uh, it was mine. Never listen to the peasants, Brian. <laughs> Very true. But but that's a good point though, because you know, I mentioned the influences, but as a as a student of film history, like I really got it on mm-hmm. on a, a level that maybe the average person might not, and and that's no uh, slight against them it's just i've i've gone through film history for the last three years like I, that's you know going through all of those things gives you a, a different perspective sometimes well and you know another thing that's kind of funny is um sometimes it doesn't matter how big a budget a movie has some movies are meant for smaller audiences you know like the movie seven or the movie drive or Bullet, or so many of these other like really wonderful movies, they're not like a uh, something that's going to catch a wide net, like a huge audience. It's um, sometimes it's a little deceptive because you're like, oh, it's a Batman movie. This is going to be kind of like almost anybody can see it. You're like, yeah, usually that's the case, but sometimes you get these bigger budget movies that act more similar to an independent film. And that's more, and the independent film is not a general audience type experience. And that's where I feel like this movie lands, where there's a lot of general audience type members who aren't going to enjoy a lot of independent movie type things or very serious movies. And I feel like this uh, hits that mold. Um, For me, it reminds me of like watching like Breaking Bad. You know, there are some times where Breaking Bad, a beautiful show that was so intense, I couldn't watch more than two episodes back to back because it was just so over the top or like depressing and such. And this movie can definitely be that way or boring to a lot of people who just weren't expecting that or that's not the kind of stuff they like watching. Um, I know a lot of people that really enjoyed Game of Thrones 
And I know a lot of people who never got into Game of Thrones are like, it's just too much talking. It's too boring. It's too political. It's too whatever. And I just, I feel like this is one of those things that has a very big property, a lot of money, and it acts more like an independent movie than a blockbuster. A hundred percent so, in my opinion. Yep, this one is not for the weak weak of mind. I will say that for sure. <laughs> uh, but I, but and again, I feel like there are people that if you just like set them right, you know, just be like, guys, this is this is more detective film. Just if you do, go you like in, noir? Yes or yes. no? Nope. You okay, like, you're not gonna like this movie. Or, or, like you can say, or, or you can just say, do you like Seven? You know what I mean? If you like Seven, you'll probably be fine. And and to be and seven is actually we know like a lot of people like seven you know what I mean it's 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 like seven is definitely not an esoteric movie by any standard so you know you put it out there most people know it you know like what's in the box is one of the most quoted you know <laughs> movie lines of all time so people know what that is it's just like you with for the average person because have you ever heard like the average like film goer use the word it's not what I expected as an insult when they're talking about their experience yes. of the movie yes and like <laughs> and you're like. So you want so you want to know so you want everything to happen just as you expected? What's where's the fun in that? I don't you, you don't want to be surprised? I mean like okay. And you know for me I take the movie as as it is. But but you know as a you know as an as an avid you know student of film, but you know if you're just if you're just out for entertainment and you kind of need to know what it's all about before you see it every time or if it's you know, again, when I saw it, uh, some, you know, a family of like, f- I'm going to say a family of four, I guess, a mom, dad, and their two kids, and their two kids were like <gasps> seven. Oh, no. Ten. And here's the thing. Luckily, they weren't like, they weren't talking, but I'm like, they're going to be bored. Right. Like, this is this is not that kind of Batman movie, but because they're just like, oh, Batman, I'll take my kids to go see it. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I, like, you know, you know, they're watching The Brave and the Bold and the Batman animated series, and I'm just like... All right. I mean, you know, but that's but that and that's parenting, I guess, when they're just like, well, if if it has a superhero in it, they can probably see it. And I'm just like, ah, right. guys, you want to look ahead at no? Okay. That's that's perfectly fine. But again, Batman, you know, he's been around so long that, you know, and and there is that stigma of superhero stuff being for kids for the most part. So, I definitely uh, I definitely understand the move, but yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's it's definitely a thing. On the, on the other spectrum of it, uh, I went to go see this with a friend of mine um, who has never seen a Batman movie. Wow. Um, and, and also um, never seen Die Hard or Back to the Future, but I'm going to fix that. Um, they, do they watch movies at all? Yeah, no, they, they've been deprived, but I'm working on it. And, um, but they actually, she really enjoyed, uh, this movie. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder is, uh, if she just accepted it for what it is, cause she has no basis of what a Batman movie is, um, whatsoever uh whereas i've seen every live action batman movie there is even going back to the 66 movie and some of the animated as well and um uh i have all of this background of what a batman movie is and she did it whatsoever and she really enjoyed it um so um you know it's really based off of expectations a lot of times. 
Yeah, it almost sounds like with your example that it's more like you'll enjoy this if either you have a, you know, you know what you're going into or you're just a complete baby deer just walking into a movie for the first time and just, you know, yeah. and, and, and that have and, and, and having no luggage at all or any expectation. So, well, and, and I also think that'll come based on the personality of the person. Uh, there's a lot of women, for example, that really like murder mystery type shows or documentaries about serial killers True and stuff. They, they love this movie shit. really hits and plays on a lot of this stuff. So, Honestly, with your friend, Brian, you could immediately take her from this and then go watch, like we've mentioned already, like seven and some other like really beautiful in-depth, you know, movies with those kind of characters and stuff, you know, and it it, it could be that or like it could like you said, it could be the expectations, because if this is their first exposure and then you go show them something that's not from the Nolan verse and you're like, whoa, this feels very comic-y, I mean. You look at the other stuff that's not the Nolan or even the Zack Snyder stuff, and then it really does – not in a mocking way, but then it does feel a lot more like um, a Marvel movie, you know, and the the other ones, you know. I I almost want to show her um, the uh, Schumacher, Batman and Robin just to, to show her the other end of it. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I have a very I love that movie. It's it's cheesy in all the right ways for me. I I like I, you know, I, for me. I know what he's going for, and it worked for me. I know everyone else hates it, but that one is super fun for me. It's been so long since I've seen it that I I think it needs to be one of those Friday night have a couple of beers and let's just watch it and see what more happens a, kind of movie. More than, more, more than a couple of beers, sir. Okay, okay. And then, have some shots. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Take not a full, take a half a shot whenever you hear an ice pun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't do a full shot. That will kill me. I will die. Oh, you'll be dead by act two. <laughs> but yeah uh gentlemen do we have anything else we want to address before we uh give our final ratings i've got a i've got a couple more actually um rewind brian go ahead yeah i've got a couple of things uh so i really love the through line of the uh sins of the past coming back to kind of affect or even destroy our present and our future um you know, it had some themes of, you know, racism, uh, classism, corruption of the elite class um, that I really dug. Um, we haven't really talked about it a, a ton, um, but the uh, cinematography, um, I just want to give uh, a shout out uh, to the cinematographer. Uh, Jeremy Rick mentioned Frazier? him earlier. What was his Rick, name? Rick Fraser, I believe. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I feel like it just added to that dark, moody, mysterious kind of atmosphere, that noir atmosphere to the movie. Um, it, I mean, I, I, this might be a cliche, but like the the cinematography was almost like a, a, a character in itself. It added so much to the movie. Um and it just like put me in that vibe and i'm like okay i know what this movie is i've seen this 
I'm loving it. This is great. Like it just, it, it got me dialed in almost immediately. Oh yeah. That cinematography was again, uh, like every shot, like I have a, I, I said something once when I watched a movie with my wife, I said, these shots are dope, yo. And it's kind of become like a, a running gag <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever we, uh, whenever uh, my wife and I watch movies and uh, she, she like actually like leaned over halfway through the film and was like, these shots are dope, yo. And I was like, indeed. <laughs> the very, very pretty movie. In fact, you can just put it on in the background at a party. You know what I mean? In terms of just visuals, and you're just, and it'll draw you in just on the visuals alone. So it will, it will. Um, and then uh, I also had, uh, you know, I, I had a few things. I, I think the story kind of frayed a, a little bit at the edges towards the like third act with that big climactic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the whole like cleansing Gotham through purification and all that symbolism there, but the way like the Riddler goes from killing and going after the elite and the corrupt for almost the entire movie then it's to everyone to billions of uh, innocent people yeah yeah now i'm gonna go after everyone using you know blowing up the dams uh or not the dams but the the levy that we never mentioned (laughs) and and go after the mayor who was calling out the corruption of the renewal uh uh funds and all of that the new renewal project um it that just didn't make sense it it felt like studio notes like hey we need an action scene at the end um and and some big spectacle and they're like okay we'll 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 come up with something um yeah and here's the thing i could have taken the whole uh riddler having followers of also just a side note i thought that's his uh his little like forum where he had all the like followers and stuff talk about how to make bombs like he's like hey guys just uh just here and here just wanted to say thanks for how to make a good dead man's trigger that was i appreciate that uh so i'm about to go out here and blow some shit up so uh, thank you guys i appreciate it i appreciate it and and to the cause peace (laughs) like just like that like regular blogger like type thing i thought was hilarious but i did i i feel like if you would have taken out the flood it probably would have worked more because the flood was definitely more just straight up supervillain and not like, like it was off theme of, of the Riddler's whole thing. Well, then, it, yeah. exactly. It really didn't match it. And that threat level was just never there. That, that, that threat level was a lot more in like Batman begins, which we knew was always there with the league of shadows. And then, yeah, Riddler, punishing the people he was going to punish singly collectively to insult the, the, the elite and stuff was like a a nice little storyline. And then, yeah, this one was completely out of left field. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was, it it was definitely off, off theme, but I will say I did like the, um, I did kind of like what it, what they pulled out of it um, in terms of um, Batman leaving the people out with the flare and stuff and being, more yeah. than just this thing like it like there's they pulled good stuff out of it and again i like the idea that that, that they were like shooting it up and they actually were going to shoot the new you know mayor that was going to do good things i like the idea that that we're just like 
we're just going to like the cynicism of we're just going to get another corrupt politician like we always have. So just why not just, you know, just jump the gun and, and take them out, too. So I can get with that. It's just when it goes to, you know, epic proportions of blowing up the levees and flooding the city that just didn't it, it just it just didn't vibe right with the rest of what Riddler was saying. So it was just it was just off brand. It was a very off brand for this Riddler. So. Yeah, and going uh, more into the Riddler, like, I kept thinking that they were going to uh, bring it back around where um, the Riddler was the son of the investigative reporter that um, Falcone uh, killed Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne's father, had had killed... um, with that and i was like okay that would have made sense of why he knows all this stuff it would have made sense of why he uh you know was going after uh bruce wayne uh it i I feel like it would have tied things together especially when we're talking about like a detective story i got into the like detective story like feel of it because that's what it was and i was like oh this makes sense oh they're not doing that oh he's just an orphan who was there like a same day at a the same event as uh bruce wayne okay cool i just thought well if they had made that connection it actually would have that's funny actually the way you're talking about it like that connection like oh that would have been his kid and i'm thinking this would have been it would have been just straight black panther at that point where he would have, where he would have just been yeah. the killmonger of Gotham. I guess. Where you where you know where he's like very much like I was I was effed over and now I'm going to get it you know get you know get vengeance on it and stuff. And the reason why I know all this inside stuff is because my father was you know on the inside or you know like learning about it and stuff. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Where you're like it's a mystery. So keep you know if you have all if you have all the yarn strings connecting, you know, keep them tight. You know what I mean? Don't just have yeah. And- it just felt like at a certain point they're like, "All right, we're throwing these on the ground," <laughs> and it's like, "Okay, cool." And and by the way, I like Bat- Black Panther. I'm like uh, my other two uh, uh, friends here, but I understand you? where you're coming from with that. <laughs> I'm I'm looking around in this room. All I see are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, someone else, someone else. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wakanda forever. <laughs> Not in this house. Anyway. <laughs> so uh yeah, dive else? into ratings, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well riddle me this gentlemen. What would you give the Batman out of ten, Russell? So I am gonna give it a solid eight point five. Um I do feel like the movie does have the length issue and you know, the, the third act I did feel like was a complete shift of tone from what the rest of the movie gave us. Um, like I said, it the movie always had that music going on. And I know you guys mentioned how much you liked the Bruce Wayne performance. Uh, I, I just have to say as a nitpick for me, it just felt like emo Bruce Wayne the whole time, every time I saw him. I loved him as Batman. But as Bruce Wayne with the, the hair and everything just bugged me every single time. I, I can't quite explain it why. He just looked like a Tim Burton character, I guess. Um, and it was just so weird because everyone else around him looked a lot more made up, a lot more professional. And I get he's a, a character that doesn't care, but it just seemed like he didn't care how he looked 
as well. And I don't know, like Alfred looked good, professional. The woman running for mayor looked good and professional. Um, he just didn't look together. I don't know. It just he seemed very teenage emo esque. But um, uh, I really enjoyed the movie. But I also know that it's a hard movie to. You know, I know clearly the people I would say go see this Batman movie, and then other people I wouldn't. And so, yeah, but I think it's a good movie, and for me, it's an eight point five. Brian, yeah, I mean, I think I think Russell nailed it. Um, I there's a lot to like in this movie. I I um, I, I did notice the the kind of hair thing throughout, but it didn't. You know, it's one of those things that went through my head, but then I, I kind of dropped it. But I definitely know what you're you're saying there, Russell, because that uh, went through my head. But no, I, I just love the atmosphere, the feel of this movie. I feel like it's uh, unlike any Batman movie I've seen. Like he like this is definitely the movie Matt Reeves wanted to make. You can't say he didn't make his movie. Um, because he, he completely got everything I think he wanted, uh, out of this movie. Um, you know, and it came to fruition for him and, and there's a lot to love in this movie. Like I said, kind of frayed at the edges, uh, towards the end. And, uh, some of the stuff didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, there was a couple of like emotional connections. I feel that kind of fell flat as well. Um, but overall, I, I, I enjoy this movie. I look forward to um, uh, seeing this again and, and seeing what I think on rewatch. And I enjoy and I look forward to uh, seeing what they come out next. But I will uh, be putting it right where Russell is. Uh, 8.5. Uh, before Jeremy goes, right, uh, I, I want to point out something that Brian said that I 100% uh, really agree with, and I will give a lot of credit to DC and Warner Brothers in general, is the directors are allowed to do their vision of it, their vision and interpretation of these characters and to write them based on their personalities and story arcs and everything they want to borrow from. And I say this as a strength that the writer, these uh, directors are able to fully do their vision and let it sink or swim based on that. You know, when you think of Justice League or Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Joker and Suicide Squad, all of these movies have very unique flavors that are different from each other instead of having 10 or 15 movies that feel like there's very little difference from them, which there's some strength to that. And there's some, you know, not so many good things. So I, I just want to highlight what Brian said is hundred percent, right. That this movie is the movie that the director wanted to make. So I will give him a lot of credit for just doing that, allowing trusting the director that you hired to actually do their vision. And especially in trusting it with a blockbuster level levels of money and character. So kudos to them on that. Oh yeah, I've uh, I've loved that DC is just you know on top of letting directors direct. Um, they you know whether for good or bad, I'm more excited for a DC film because it because it'll be because whether good or bad, it'll be different. You know, and you I, know, I, I I, I ju- really appreciate different. Sorry, go ahead. I just want to mention uh, and, and state that you know 
I, uh, I'm the Marvel shill of this group, and, mm-hmm. and I came over uh, because because I saw Jeremy's uh, generosity with the last <laughs> two Marvel movies that oh, yeah. we have uh, uh, reviewed together. I, I thought it, it was about time that uh, I did the same for you, and, and I enjoyed a DC movie for once. Um, so uh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. I am a, I am but a humble, charitable man, and it is nice to uh, reap what I have sown. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought this movie was uh, was pretty damn good. I love me a good noir. Uh, the whole genre in itself is pretty much uh, dead out, dead in film outside of art films. Mm-hmm. So just seeing it on the big screen with a big screen uh, with a big with, with a blockbuster budget. Um, yeah, man, it, this this movie sang visually. Uh, it fired on. If this was like you know a you know a eight cylinder eight eight cylinder muscle car like the Batmobile, it, it, it's firing on like seven seven and a half. So I'm gonna go a little higher than you guys, uh, being the big DC fanboy that I am, and I'm gonna give the Batman a nine out of ten. So. Thank you for joining us here at At First Glance. You can find us on Apple and you can find us on Podbean. And until next time, I'm Jeremy. I'm Russell. I'm Brian. And thank you for joining us.